0: Hello and welcome to Music Speaks. This podcast dedicates itself to how music impacts people's lives. For the show, we usually have two co-hosts, myself, Hunter Sagona, and my friend, Sean Ramkunas in his Pokemon shirt. Sean and I believe that many people have a playlist that makes their life unique through music. We pride ourselves on building upon our musical knowledge with our featured guests, gemming to incredible music, talking about a wide variety of artists and composers and everything in between. Ready, set, act two of Hair.
1: okay and we are back and talking about the act two of hair uh i know all of you are like uh oh, when they're gonna come out with that episode when are they gonna come out with that episode and finally yes here it is my friends here it is act two um i have to put together a spoiler warning real quickly uh, there might be some characters who die in the next uh, few minutes so um, please don't be su- surprised about that, and also this episode will be much shorter <laughs> than the previous episode, because Act 2 is substantially shorter than uh, Act 1, for many reasons, because of songs and uh, length and uh, content. So, Hunter, uh, yeah. let me ask you this before we get started here, um, which act did you like better, first or second?
0: Um... I think overall I like Act 1 better.
1: Act 1 better? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah. Well, I was going to say Act 2, in my opinion, just because I feel like there's a lot of development. Uh, we talk about characters and how they change into to new people and how we start to see the new light of these characters and mm-hmm. how musically inclined each individual characters are and we get to kind of figure out who they are and really understand who is the cool collected one in all of them. And, and spoiler alert, it is Sheila, um, as I mentioned in the previous episode. So let's look at the first song that we have here known as Electric Blues. Electric Blues. It's a little hilarious that after a super denial, guilt-ridden scene of Act 1 ends on this huge exclamation point, Well do i go you know it's like super heavy um gets a main sort of uh, jesus christ superstar kind of thing um and he kind of discovers himself and then off we go with an electric blues um, hunter in my opinion i think this is the greatest and strangest way to return from a guilt trip about burning your draft card ever a- act two song what, what do you think
0: well you know the whole the song itself is is so odd mm-hmm. that i think you know they're almost like okay we're gonna we're gonna like make the audience not be able to get their bearings and maybe they'll maybe they'll come back from the burning and not realize it right, um yeah. mm-hmm. you know I, I i found it very difficult to get a handle on the key when i was listening to it mm-hmm. um they have these these be naturals and all these accidentals thrown throughout the rest of the song and it, it was just, I don't know, it was very strange to me. So I feel like that could contribute to why it is the next song because, oh, Kiefer, you have such a, you have such <laughs> a, I don't know why, whenever I start doing this, I start yawning. Um, <laughs> I think it's, I'm, I'm using my presenter's voice, you know? Using like, your, pre- yeah, exactly. Makes you, you know, weird with your throat. Um, anyway, so I think that it makes the, uh, it's it's jarring. So that's a good way to open an act yeah. is with something jarring because it really gets people interested.
1: Right. Yeah. And in that vein, I almost feel like you said it's hilarious. It almost makes you forget what happened in the previous scene because it's such a um it's such a bouncy number. Yeah. You know, I wrote down, um, I love how boppy this number is. And then yeah, when it, it gets when it gets faster, like it really like grabs you and you're kinda like, Oh my goodness, here we go. Yum it's really fast and then uh uh-huh. you know we talked about this at length last time I'm not sure how much we want to get into it but discussing satire in lyrics in in this in this one particular because the lyrics can be quite devastating but also it can be a joyful song cuz they talk about um i don't know it's it's crazy you think about these things that they're doing and one thing that pops out of my mind is this discussion of um of us of, of this song it's so strange um let me just try to find where, where i'm where i'm looking here i i'm just trying to think because it's it's so crazy i'm i'm looking at at this score it's 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 on page 103 of of our document where where they kind of sing along actually you know i'm going to skip back a little bit actually skip back to almost measure um because they keep asking each other a line that starts out the song is um it's crazy The, the the first line is tell me what who tell me who do you love man Tell me what, man. Tell me what's it you love, man. And then they keep saying an old-fashioned melody, you know? And yeah. the the clear evidence of these characters who are presented as oldsters in this vein are, are almost like um, it, 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 they... Just like Aquarius starts this musical, it's also like that that whole setting of something bad's going to happen, but we're going to keep it light and breezy for right now because <laughs> you kind of deserve it. Um, you know, and I love how alluring it is because it, like if, if to the, to the non-trained ear, it sounds like a pleasant boppy boogaloo sort of song that sounds nice and it's moving along. But in my notes, I, I wrote how, you know, it's going to be terrible at the end. But they're happy now, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So why you not? You think it's
0: foreshadowing?
1: I think so. I mean, like as of right now, the whole theme of Act One was not giving a shit until right at the end, for Claude's sake, you know. And now they're again not giving a shit, mm-hmm. and then they're almost using this language as like like they're, we're all encased in Sonic armor, right? That's that's the line that I'm like, oh Jesus, um, it's it's kind of a come to Jesus moment where they use these words, but they don't. I don't feel like they know exactly what they're saying because they they toss out these words from time to time, and um, and it it almost feels like they don't understand what they're singing, but they're just singing it anyway. So again, that comes from the not giving a shit to then truly giving a shit down the line um as i'm thinking about it um this is you know for me i remember conducting this song and working with the quartet on this one and i just said you know what you guys have been through a lot think about exactly what you guys are doing you know you you danced and then you kind of you took off your clothes you're kind of screaming about where you're going from here <laughs> <laughs> and then you come back and you out start out context that sounds very odd right 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 you know if you started the podcast right here Honestly, everything would have gone sideways by now. Um, but honestly, if you think about the progression of of where we started, like I said in the intro, we're gonna see more development. We're gonna Mm -hmm. see how these characters are starting to assume that things are fine, um, because they're not in the war and they're deciding to burn their draft cards and they're understanding that they're doing what they want to do is right, you know. And so then we start to have this feeling of anxiety come from Claude. Which eventually leads us down the road to our next song, because, of course, uh, we have a New York City blackout, which is classic, classic hair style of songwriting. Um, I'm not sure how when I when I first listened to this song, Hunter, I couldn't stop laughing. Really, um, I couldn't stop laughing because the words in this song were so funny, and I latched onto them so quickly because. The writers, Ragni and um, Ragni and and, uh, Rado, Rado, Ragni and Rado do do such an amazing job of just creating a scene, but then thinking about the scene and why it's so funny. Mm -hmm. So and and something interesting, the song that we're going to talk about is Oh Great God of Power. (laughs) And, you know, when we did it, we (laughs) turned off all the lights we had characters with like plain, like, you know, one of those, like, like you turn them on candles kind of thing uh-huh. you might do for a vigil. And so they would walk around and they'd be like, oh, great God of power. Oh, great God of light. And one of my favorite lines in the song is, oh, Con Ed. And, and that context of Con Ed means it's probably some sort of electric company that powered the city um and so they're basically saying please give us our power back because uh you know obviously they're in the 60s and like having light was kind of important uh so it's just it's just funny you know how they're, they're 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 satirizing god to electricity um because they had the electricity from the electric electric blues and now it's all gone and then they're asking for more power Um, and something that's interesting about the song is how it, it just, how can you not laugh during this scene? Because it's just, it's so slow and I feel like the, the, um, the writer Galt McDermott did such a great job of like making it so serious, Uh but yet the writers went into the song saying, this is going to be a really hilarious comical song that no one will want to laugh at because of how the series, the show is right now, because we nearly need to narrow on exactly what, what's happening. And we have this slow, majestic nature that they're writing for. But when I remember doing this, I remember how draining it was. It was like, Bob, 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 oh, Bob. <laughs> it was so slow. And everyone's like, why is it so slow? I'm like, cause obviously the next number has to be more peppy. Um, your thoughts before we hop over to Manchester 3. um
0: i mean the the one thing that struck me Mm -hmm. musically was there's the great guitar solo at the end of the piece
1: oh sure Mm -hmm. and
0: and i think that's it's it's a very good way it's sort of the first time you really have that kind of like i mean this is technically right a rock musical Mm -hmm. but it's early rock so i feel like sometimes people forget that but i think that's the first time we hear the, the like what we would consider modern rock element in the piece which is a good way to start the second act because you know you're transitioning into this i mean it's all the same time period but it's like you're moving forward
1: Mm -hmm. yeah definitely yeah um like i feel like i've i feel like as as a conductor of this i feel like it just kind of lays on your shoulders you're gonna have to just kind of pluck out the tempo very slowly with them and this might have been the second song I taught them because I don't, I don't think it was very vocally challenging. You know, I wanted to get out the easy ones out of the way right. so that I could teach the harder harmonies. Like one that's going to come up really soon and uh, definitely very challenging. Um, I want to get to a little bit of Manchester, England because Claude brings back the power. You know, he's got the electric company, you know. No, I'm kidding. Um, he's got the power back. You know, he brings everyone back into good spirits. I love the connection to Lord Buckingham because, as as we all know, Claude as this pretentious, you know, person who thinks he knows everything belongs in London. You know, mm-hmm. um, what are what what is your what are your thoughts on this kind of like I I like again we we talked about a white gospel with this song kind of like, I believe in God, right? Know? What do you think?
0: <laughs> well so. yeah i feel like i like a lot of the songs in this show there's like a little bit of mockery in the song even if it's not intended to be negative mockery sure, it's still yeah. you know that that sense and obviously they're not actually british they're they, you know mm-hmm. but the brits are seen as you know like a little more sophisticated and, and mm-hmm. we know that he clearly i don't know if he thinks himself above the others it's just he uh I mean, maybe yeah. Maybe that's what it is. It's you know, he he gives off that that sense at sure. least from the song. Sure. So after the opening and after the events of the end of the the previous act, maybe he feels the need to have to remind everyone over that.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah. Pretty deep. Pretty deep. And. Mm-hmm i feel like almost in a way we kind of uh claude almost resets in a way he's almost like "Ah, i'm gonna forget what i just did you know i'm gonna kind of enjoy the the present right now and then the anxiety starts to step in with claude and Uh of course at this time uh we don't really get to that moment just yet Um, Hunter, let's talk about the big trip, which we start, we start, we start with the beginning of the big smoke of the joints where people are going to get a little bit heavy. And, you know, it's really important to mention, uh, on this show that me and Hunter are only on music. Uh, we don't take anything else, but we do understand that in this one that they are smoking and they are stoned um (laughs) you know and i have to i really want to start with this because stoned people singing probably the funniest thing you've ever seen i I had a really great group of actors that were, were just they were just i mean either they've done it before which is which is fine or they have seen other people do it and then they were able to connect with that own experience so it was kind of cool watching other people do it um, and see their reactions through that and I thought that was pretty cool um, and I love how <laughs> I love how mellow this one starts out and I remember because I remember how when it would start it would have this boot up bon you know, and one of the coolest thing was I had I had a percussion friend of mine that would have finger symbols and he would go and that only that small thing would just be kind of like someone's kind of lighting up and they're starting to feel the effects of, you know, drug mania mm-hmm. and starting to feel like, oh my goodness, I can like touch my I can sort of X. And the first 32 bars is is pretty much the calm before the storm, because when the storm hits, we are going to get to a crazy, fun, crazy chill opening, um, and we start in F major, so happy, and then we get to F minor. Um, Hunter, your thoughts on this introduction before we get any further.
0: Yeah. I just, I noticed the distinct change by the time you get to measure 33, it is very mm-hmm. jarring and we go from, mm-hmm. from four, four to what really is twelve eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that going from, comp- from a uh, simple to compound here, it really adds something to the, to the change of the piece because you're comfortable with, with common time. It, yeah. It's very easy. There's something about the the compound meter; it keeps people a little more active, which it's relative because obviously they're meant to be spaced out. But still,
1: right? Yeah, I, my, you know, it it is so funny because at this point, I think some people are having bad trips and some people have good trips, Mm -hmm. but the people who are going very slow in understanding life. The text painting in this is um how do I say ingenious, brilliant, and so good. One of my favorite lines in this section is the line total self-awareness. Total self-awareness. <laughs> not sure if you heard this line. Self-awareness. How my, are my, they that aware? No, no, here's the crazy part. The lot the 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 musical line goes, total self-awareness. So so <laughs> yes. it's hilarious because it's he's he's kind of going through the highs and lows of just the euphoria, you know, and it, it's it, it's hilarious. It, it It is so funny because he's like spiritually around him and he's kind of experiencing it, you know, and all these characters are just kind of like making and creating sensations. And I love that in the section, like I was mentioning with the other songs with Galt's. Writing is, is great, but the lyrics really do make a, a showcase in this one again as the I, I just, The actors just stole the scene hunter. They took They took away the music from me and they were like Pay attention over here. Sean's doing something over there. That's <laughs> not that interesting pay attention to us And they they stole the scene hunter and it was so amazing because it was it was visually stunning and it was graphically amazing it was just, um, it was so awesome because, you know, it, it added to the slow nature, a little bit of scariness, but also kind of exhilarating in a way too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And um, honestly, um, it, it can't be a hair song without lists of course. Because, yes, because, uh, because that is a staple of the genre. Um, you know? And I want to look at this score real quick. So anything else that you have before I come back in?
0: Uh, Well, I mean, to the score's point, you know, the the field changes Mm -hmm. back to common time at measure 51 and the the chorus, in this case, you know, the the company singing really has a big part at the end, which I feel like is meant to invoke a sense of community because obviously they're all doing this together.
1: Right. Yeah. And of course it wouldn't be a hair song without naming colors. Of course. Red, black, blue, 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 brown, yellow, crimson, green, orange, purple, pink, violet, white, 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 white. So strange. Um, It's so funny. I remember teaching this to them and they were like, what? Red, black, blue, brown. Yellow, crimson, green, orange, purple, pink, violet, white. <laughs> it's so. I I love this randomness and obscureness of of this piece, and it's it's almost crazy. Um, and and something that I love about the song is just kind of how it just kind of it just then it has three subgenres. It goes from kind of relaxed and chill to kind of like this slow rock kind of feel to almost kind of exciting, you know, and they're naming all these different colors. And then we go back to the melody of the, uh, this, and it's crazy is I, I, you know, of course it's, it's a hard, it's a hard knocks life being a um, music director because you have to teach people about singing notes that they're not always comfortable with. Mm-hmm and especially singing C flats. And I always reminded them, I said, they don't bite. They're just B naturals and they look fancy, but they're just, that's the way it's in the key and you have to sing it like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember it being just kind of one of those things that's just kind of like, it's so hard to teach. And I had some music friends of mine jump on the harmony and those who really didn't sing that well or knew how to sing. I would just kind of put them on one kind of issue line. And, if I can kind of go through that with you real quick, I think that'd be kind of cool because the line is all the clouds are cumuloft walking in space. That's basically the whole song. That's basically, basically the a section and you've known it down, but the hardest part about it was going from all the clouds are cumuloft Mm -hmm. walking in space. You know, it's Mm -hmm. crazy one of the, cause you have to go from that C natural to that A to that C flat. And and that would kind of drive people crazy. All the clouds are cluma loft walking in space, you know, it it would mess them up because they would think about where that line was. And then they would want to go back to that same pitch uh, three beats later, but you couldn't do that because it's a B flat not a C flat, you know? that was the issue so and and then that obviously would sing that again and then the line would go to how dare they try to end this beauty how dare they try to end this beauty and then to walk on underfoot i'll carry us in you know so that that was the line you know Mm -hmm. and so teaching that was a little challenging because my friends would be like what are you what what's that page again and i would say c flat don't worry i mean we'll go over it like a thousand times and that, that was the issue because i'd have to remind them about it but you know the other day when i was driving to to pick up a lease i kept thinking of this one line over and over again and it manifested itself in my head which is our eyes are open you know um we're getting more serious we're starting to talk about how this sort of lends to the bad trip of Claude because Claude has anxiety and then adding drugs on top of that doesn't really make it greater. Um, so due to that, um, Claude is then realizing, oh, oh my God, I I didn't burn my draft card. I I have to go to war. So he's then thinking about all these different crazy things and then leading Mm. to this great discovery of what he's going to do. Where is he going to go? You know, he has to figure out what he wants to do. And I think right before the break Let's talk about, quickly, the minuet, which which is kind of very cute and very not very heavy. Um, just like a minuet would be? The minuet would be, of course, because it, it wouldn't be hair without random, obscure musical titles. Um, I, I wrote down, it's just a fun song. Uh, people dance, they get up to dance in the audience, and a cha-cha, if you will. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cha-cha. Um, your, your thoughts about this before we take a little break. Yeah, so uh this
0: this one the whole piece is basically syncopation and that that's to me what seems to stand out most is that you think it's going to
1: be a little more traditional
0: and mm-hmm. it is but mm-hmm. the syncopation makes it feel not as simplistic.
1: Yeah. You know what's funny about that is as we were as we were working through the score and we were working for the lyrics, it just sometimes it wouldn't really match up so we would forget about things and as it would get closer, we would say, w- what do we do in this scene? And I, cause I would be like, and then my director would go, hold on a second. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> and she would be like, what is that? And I'm like, it's a minuet," and she goes, oh dear God. Um, uh, people just dance in a circle ball that's <laughs> happening. And so that's that's kind of how some and that's how crazy, you know, working as, as a director is because you can say something and then you'll forget about it almost a while later about what you're doing. So it's crazy, um, but uh, I think it's worth the while and worth the wait. Um, so I'm excited to do that and I'm looking forward to doing that soon. Um, so, Hunter, I think it's a good time for us to take a break. How do All you feel? Right. I think yeah, that's so good let's uh, take a break and uh, without our sponsor by anchor, it has been so lovely to work with them and so lovely to have this podcast aired there. And if you would like to support this podcast, please go to anchor.com and search music speaks podcast to find out ways to reach out to us. And you will find our social media and ways that you can contribute to this podcast Hunter. We're going to take a quick break, Uh, but when we come back, we're going to finish out act two discuss about life itself and what meaning it holds so that's deep. right back after the break okay and we're back uh just like that um remember hunter how we did our second episode and i was like you're gonna have to wait an hour and a half just like that the magical parts of the internet is now like here you go buddy go Mm -hmm. straight ahead with this next segment um act two part two uh we're going to talk about give up all desires hail mary and roll call um and as we were talking right before we finished out with the break um we talked about bad trips and claude is definitely having one and claude is feeling super 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 narrow-minded and very kind of very focused on this one thing he's like this is how my life is gonna end up i have to go to war you know um and so give up all desires uh is is starting with this this whole sequence of of what's happening Mm -hmm. um so you know what's crazy hunter is something that that's kind of imaginative that's almost crazy is the way this is set up, because when I read the script for this scene, I basically said, what is happening? I had no idea what was happening, but here is basically what's happening. So because of this bad trip, Claude is seeing things that that is obviously manifesting some sort of uh, hard relationship about going to war, being away from his friends, not being home, and of course, you know, it wouldn't be a scene without, you know, monks entering the scene <laughs> and, and, and singing. So, and, and that makes literally thousands and thousands of uh make sense. But just like you were saying, you know how we were talking about Madonna earlier? Yeah. They do something similar in this with the word OM, because that's how, you know, when we think about, monks, people would say, "om," or some sort of way to, you know, rejuvenate the soul, the body, the mind. Um, but the line is say, om, mm-hmm. stay home. You know, obviously the words transfer into something more, more, you know, sort of specific. Um, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. So for that one, I, I made the same, mm-hmm. uh, observation that yeah. well first of all that we have a return of the sitar sound that was used back in um, Hare Krishna um, mm. mm-hmm. And that's sort of like, you know making us Think about you know, that sort of airy and spacey feel um, uh-huh. But the singer also, you know, it stays on one note like a mantra which that's what om is It's a mantra yeah. f- to be used in meditation mm-hmm. so makes sense that the the note would just sort of be there consistently and Absolutely. what I also noted was that they randomly threw in a segment of "Home on the Range," um, <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> "So we've got we've got yes. the sitar, we've got monks, yeah. we've got uh, Ohm, and we've got Home on the Range." Oh, and yeah. of course, let us not forget drugs.
1: Yes, of course. Um, this is just hilarious. I think it, it it is obviously devastating to Claude, but to us, it's hilarious because he's seeing all these crazy manifestations in his head. And of course, one of the most iconic country songs of all time just happens to pop in, just like how all the other songs just happen to pop in. You know, it, it is It is so ingenious how these writers come up with something like this and it is so good um ohm ohm on the range <laughs> <laughs> it's just who comes up with this stuff it is it is almost perfect and it's hilarious um you know and as i was mentioning to you before we do have another song um but it, it gets really intense and if it's called three five zero zero um i don't want to talk about that one on air because i feel like it is kind of a lot to talk about um if you are interested please check this uh, album out because it is really cool um, but this one particularly is very gory uses some not so great language um so i'm gonna skip that one and we're gonna talk about this next song which is what a piece of work is man slash mm-hmm. how dear they try um I read in the score hunter. I'm not sure if you got to read a little bit, but the this is adapted uh, off of a Hamlet uh, line. That means let's just think about the wording of this. What a piece of work is man! You know, because you can either think it of of it being insulting, or you can say, or just more Mm -hmm. thought provoking, being like like what is man? What is the role of man? You know. And so in the song, just like our, our earlier discussion on electric blues and some sort of more focused energy on, you know, harmful things, uh, it gets, it, it is still kind of happy, you know, it plays around with that sort of classical mindset that like my conviction starts, starts out with. Um, and it's just very boppy. And I remember teaching this to, to, to my, to my friends and they were like, yeah, this is kind of cool, but in context, does not make any sense? And I said, uh, no, but you are Claude's spatial recognition right now. Claude mm-hmm. is reckoning with himself right now and he's really at the edge of being like, oh dear God, what am I gonna do, you know? And it doesn't really need to make sense to the audience, but it just needs to see that we don't really need to understand you know why this is happening. We need to know who this is happening to, which is Claude, because on opposite sides of Claude that we have these. Claude is sort of still going through something, obviously, kind of tirelessly and emotionally, and drugs on the side as well as we were mentioning. <laughs>
0: but, but, Always a fun time,
1: but it's it's so ter- it's such a beautiful song, very calm and collected. But however, as we we're mentioning with lyricism, the lyricism brings up the emphasize the emph- emph- emphatic. Problems that that I think Claude is really starting to struggle with here He said am I going to stay and get arrested or am I going to go to war and possibly die? You know, and that was a really scary thought at the time because many people did think that they thought if they were going to go to the, the Vietnam You better, you know, say goodbyes now because you're not going to see them again, you know mm-hmm. so and I almost thought that was really serious but in this one moment we have this collection of philosophy that we actually see Claude have. And we understand how smart Claude is. And Claude is really reckoning with what's, what's happening. And uh, I really think that this is a very serious, but kind of a, a nice setting of a song. Uh, what do you think, Hunter?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, the first things that stand out to me are this descending line at the beginning, which, you know, if, if we're talking about he's reaching the edge, like descending into mm-hmm. madness, you know, that, mm-hmm. that could be symbolic there. Um, And a lot of time changes in the middle, Mm -hmm. which I don't know, do you think maybe that could be representative of his, uh, his uncertainty, right? It's like they're bouncing back and forth. I mean, it could be a a technical phrasing thing. You know, they needed that much to be able to do, um, they needed that much to be able to finish out the phrase, but otherwise I think it's, it's more symbolic.
1: Sure. No, I I definitely see that. I almost I almost think that it could be uh, in resolved with phrasing, like it it follows the phrasing really well, and mm-hmm. and just like how we were talking about with Stravinsky, it just kind of makes makes sense to just do something like that because it sort of sets the the time really well, and then it sets up the phrasing a better better that way. I think it just makes sense to do that. Um, and I remember teaching this song, and it just being one of those rinky dinky songs that you kind of pass by but it's a very serious song i think it's really cool that how this one comes in and then we get to how dare they try which is also a reprise of one of the previous songs which then how dare they try to mess up this beauty how dare they try to miss this beauty and uh if uh, hasn't hit the fan yet Folks, um, shit has hit the fan because at this time, Claude resolves himself of the drug trip and he makes up his mind. He says, I'm going to go to war, you know, unfortunately. And that's kind of how he thinks is best for right now. Um, Hunter, the end of the trip ends with this glorious and beautiful song, which Mm -hmm. my sister loves. And I always tell her there are other great great songs in hair but she's like no this is the greatest song in hair i'm like okay all right because it is happy but the context before this song is quite grim and very gripping um so before i before i do some more talking about this one uh do you like this one good morning starshine morning starshine the earth says hello the Um, earth says hello
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, I think one of the, if not the, one of the most iconic numbers in the show, it it was really popular after the show came out. Um, and you know, I happen to like the song. I I don't think it's the greatest song in the world, but I mean, it's (laughs) very pleasant. It has some cool chord progressions in it. Um, so I, I can see why, why she thinks that. Yeah. I mean, it has, you know, the no-nonsense words that are, you know, the that whole section. It, it's, it, in that way, very reminds me of, like, a 50s kind of song. Um, so maybe they were looking back at the decade before, and they were like, oh, we'll, we'll throw a little thing in there. Sure. You know, it's happy. It, it really doesn't mean anything. And maybe that's yeah. the point, is it's meant to be, a, like, breath of fresh air before any sort of, like, disaster.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. I think you nailed it right on the head. Um, Definitely, disaster is on its way. Um, But I just kind of love how nice and breezy this song is because of the -hmm. really heavy-natured levels of... Because people... I think it almost made sense to Ragni and Rado to be like, let's kind of pop it on the brakes for a hot second. They've (laughs) kind of endured a lot in that last segment. So let's take a little break. I think it's pretty cool that they come out and they start singing something like this. Um, but something that, that really catches my eye is the use of nonsense words. Yeah. I do like
0: it, that triplet feel. Yeah.
1: It, it it does add a lot, and, and something that's really cool is it's just kind of it adds to that kind of flimsy, kind of hippie, sort of dance like sort of feel. And it's kind of cool. I think it's really interesting. You could totally Um, see
0: Phoebe from Friends singing this song.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, given the circumstances, I feel like this is a lull into the cradle of sadness (laughs) that is going to occur in the next song. Um, This is a really great song. I love the feeling. It's definitely kind of warm and fuzzy. And I really do recommend, please, listeners, please go check this out because it is such a good song. And I, I love this one very much um however we have two more hundred to get through which is aquarius good nights slash ain't got no and yip up the sun uh basically claude goes missing and the protesters go insane they're like claude claude where are you because claude is already off to war um because of the trip he just leaves starts out with aquarius then a protest as we've seen in act one with one of those bum 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 bum," you know and they use words to sort of describe that um yip 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 you know (laughs) (laughs) or nonsense words and the scene is getting kind of intense people getting arrested people kind of getting really loud and edgy and protesters are really trying to get their their last voices out there in this last struggle against the. the opposition. Uh, your thoughts about this one, Hunter?
0: So for this one, I, I said that, you know, the upbeat song is clearly meant to contrast the serious nature of the scene. Yes. And you could just tell from the music, even if you knew nothing about the plot, that everything is coming to a head here. Yes. So they make that very clear based on the building intensity, which they continue to do that in the, in the next song after that. But what's interesting is when he repeats, I ain't got, no, you know, the the second part of the song, he never actually states what he doesn't have.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he doesn't. Which obviously no, leaves good. it up
0: to the listener's imagination as to what are all the things that he doesn't have at this point. Right. Mm. Me- mm. You know, metaphorically, metaphorically, of course.
1: Metaphorically, yeah. And then, Hunter, we end with the flesh failures. Eyes look your last. And, of course, the classic let the Sunshine." Flesh failures is quite a lot. You know, it is really... It's If you don't like dramatic theater and you don't like loud noises, um, I'm going to warn you now, this is kind of where this all happens. Um because claude is basically describing the war basically saying this is what i have and this is why i'm so afraid you know because he's doing it for the wrong reasons and forcing people into doing something they don't want to do and of course as claude is ain't got no he gets a loud banging part from the drum um uh hunter what does that symbolize gunshot gunshot so, as he's saying that, he's getting shot down, and then he dies. It's pretty graphic. I remember um, as I gave the cue the first time, I remember someone screamed in the audience. Did they? Yeah. And I remember my director coming up to me at the end, and she's like, <whistles> Wow, that was a lot. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's all lot. And basically, just pounding the the ass out of that drum is definitely kind of really important at that time because it's the big blast of, you know. And then, as you were mentioning, that's the end of Claude. And uh, right before mm-hmm. Claude dies, and that leaves us to Let the Sun Shine, which is then received almost as an anthem and a shouting sort of thing, getting people's attention, people saying, you know what? everything is terrible. You need to let the sun shine. You know, mm-hmm. I remember doing this with my, with my, my castmates. And I remember telling them there's going to be a time where I'm going to cut out the orchestra and I want you all just to sing really loud and proud. And it was an acapella moment. And then I, I kind of came back in and then I took them out again. And then they kind of sang their way out of the auditorium and, that was it. And that was the end of the show. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. That's it for me on, on this this song and this musical hunter. Do you have anything else to say about this this number?
0: And no, you just uh you summed it up pretty well. The the one thing that struck me was that the song it it is upbeat, but mm-hmm. it it's grand, it's large, but it's also not very major either.
1: No, it's not. So
0: that's off that's always uh very telling when the last mm-hmm. number of a show is not major key or doesn't end in a major key because it's the that tone- it sets the tone for the end. You know what I mean? What are people mm-hmm. gonna leave thinking? They're gonna leave with this minor sound in their head.
1: Yeah. However, it doesn't major though. The sun shining. But it does start. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. So I almost feel like it. It talk. It. It's. It's. It's about. It's. It's talking about change. You know, mm-hmm. it, change is needed for something to to be better. So obviously, something did happen. Um, mm-hmm. We obviously don't fight in Vietnam anymore. But the the issue is them talking about change and wanting change and understanding that once we lift this this huge cloud over our heads, it'll it'll feel like we are really just kind of enjoying really great weather again and just feeling the sun and almost like leaving a pandemic. If you can, you know, hold out your, uh, your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, that. exactly yeah. that. Yeah.
0: That and, it's very symbolic. I mean, if, if yeah. there was ever a time to feel that.
1: Exactly. Now would be the time because it felt like such a dark cloud. And then this past year felt like a dark cloud. And then almost this summer almost feels like a break from all the craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I, I wanna say, Hunter, I don't want to speak too much more because I, I know that I rambled and talked too much during this whole podcast, but I I just want to say, um just you know, when I started this, you know, project, I I had a lot of doubts about myself as a director. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know what I was doing. But I remember at the end of it feeling you know, we obviously, you know, rehearsal is not, you know, a set thing. Rehearsals aren't really the greatest in the whole world. You can obviously go into rehearsal leaving more crappy than you did before. <laughs> obviously, that plays well with all different kinds of parties. We had a someone come in, obviously a very gifted someone and they decided to drop their theater degree. Someone came in and realized that, that, that that's what they wanted to do. And they transferred to another school. Really? Someone came into the program feeling like they had kind of not a lot to offer. And then they blossomed and they loved college ever since. So the crazy part about this whole ordeal is that people really do discover themselves in something that that can be something bigger than themselves um and and being a part of that process was was pretty magical and being able to cast people being able to look at what we had and what we were doing was was pretty amazing um so it was pretty damn cool um and and if i can look back at the the opportunity that i had for the show i you know and i'd say that i was really lucky because I had a lot of really great people who worked with me a good great band who worked with me and i just loved sharing music with them and being able to kind of explore new themes and messages and hair um so you know and it's interesting because i i said to you at the beginning um you might not like it when we start it but we might (laughs) i might make you like it as we were ending it um and you, I want to change that. You know, you might not like it, but you might recognize it as something that's really special. So did I at all help you with that at all?
0: Yes. I mean, I, I you know, I mean, the themes of the show are clearly well portrayed. And I mean, the the message of the show is very powerful. And it's a good window into a, spe- a very specific time period. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. if for that, I, I'm glad I I listened to the album.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm glad that you were able to. I was able to maybe beg you into doing this one with <laughs> me <laughs> because this is a really special moment for me because I was able to really break out of my own shell and try some director shoes for once, and it was pretty pretty darn cool. Um. So yeah, yeah. So uh, with that said, uh, it is great for us to talk about hair, um, but. It is time for us to stop, and folks, please take my word for it. Please take Hunter's word for it. Please go listen to this album. It is incredible. Um, So we will see you next time, and take care. Thank you, Galt McDermott, James Rado, and Jerome Regney for your genius musical minds. And next time, we will sit down with recent and popular guest Skull Smith to discuss performance anxiety. I'm Sean McUnis.
0: And I'm Hunter Segona. And remember to keep listening to what you love.